0: Welcome to the Atlas Podcast, episode 50. We are back from hiatus officially. Uh, my name is Emma Loggins, editor in chief at fanbolt.com.
1: I'm Matt Rodriguez, the owner in chief editor of shakefire.com.
2: And I'm Mike McKinney. I'm with last One to leave the theater.com and atlcw.tv.
0: And we are minus a Jakai today because life and stuff. But we've got three of the four of us, so we're doing good.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jakai is still on hiatus.
0: It is pretty cool. This is the 50th episode, though. And it's, uh, it's funny how many weeks we've been trying to record this episode. So um, we've got a little bit of backtracking to do as far as what we've all been up to. Um, I think the last one you guys recorded was actually when I was in London. Um, does that sound right? Yeah, <laughs> like a month ago.
1: Yeah, that's the one where we we all went to go see Kong Skull Island. I,
0: I still want to see that, even though you all gave it such raving reviews. Um, still <laughs> want to see it. But anywho's, um, let's start with uh, Mike's trip to South by Southwest, which was also a month ago. <laughs>
2: It was. Um, I saw 31 films in eight days um, and wrote seven reviews, so I was quite busy. Um, I saw a lot of really good films, some of which are getting ready to come out, including Colossal, which we'll be reviewing today. Um, and I saw a couple of stinkers, but uh, there were some really good films. Uh, an- another film I saw that just played at uh, the Atlanta Film Festival was The Hero with Sam Elliott, and I really liked that film. Um The theme of, of South by this year seemed to be uh, action movies. There were quite a few that were playing um, one, of which is getting re- to release um, in the next uh, week or so. Um, and that is, I can't think of the name, Matt, what's the name that we're seeing? Free, free fire. Yeah. Free fire. Free fire was there. Uh, Colossal, which has got a lot of action with some giant monsters. Um, so it was it was a fun festival. Um, uh, there there were some a couple of films that kind of got overlooked um, and a film that Emma would love called Muppets Guys Talking Aww. And it was just basically some of the original puppeteers, including Frank Oz, is actually his movie. Uh, he re- directed it um, and it's just the f- five of them talking and in fact, one of them just recently died, and I don't remember his name. Uh, but it's just it was a fascinating film and it was a lot of fun um and Frank Oz was out south by and um he just had a blast answering the doing the Q&A afterwards um so overall it was a fun fun film uh festival to see and uh, like I said I saw a lot of films I tried to see as much as I could um I didn't go any parties which Emma specializes in <laughs> networking I did I did I did attempt to – c- I attempted to go to two, and at both times I was turned away at the door saying – They said that I, that I had not RSVP'd, which I had, um, so I don't know what's up with that. but It's because you didn't because have Because I wasn't I, there. I, well, she would have gotten you she, in. She would have gotten us in regardless of whether or not I had RSVP'd because <laughs> that's the way she works. But I did attempt two parties, so um, – that was my attempt. Um, but I did see a lot of films.
0: So. It's all right, Mike. We'll be back in cool. Austin uh the beginning of June and I'll get you into some parties.
2: I'm I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the pictures of that.
0: <laughs> Proof that it happened. Um, so yeah, we also had another film festival, which I also missed, um, which was the (laughs) Atlanta Film Festival, um, which just wrapped up about a week ago. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about that and some of uh, your favorite films that you saw?
1: Yeah, no, yeah, Atlanta Film Festival is definitely one of the best film festivals in Atlanta, especially nowadays with as much local stuff going on in the state of Georgia. Um it ran for 10 days at the beginning of April and one of my favorite movies was a film by the title of Chi and T. And it's basically this mobster kind of these two guys, these two friends are uh they run the muscle for their uncle who's this mafia type boss and they are tasked with getting there Nephew, uh, a suit and tie and a haircut, getting them made up for his wedding, and basically all that goes out the window when they try and get their screw up nephew ready for his wedding, and it's it's this really fun comedy, um, really great cast, just a lot of fun, and one of the definitely big surprises of the festival. Because I mean, a lot of these films are smaller, and so you really have no idea what's what you're going to be getting into when you go see a movie at a festival. So.
2: Yeah, and that's one of the great things for people that have never gone to a film festival. I highly recommend it. Go at least a couple of days. And don't just go see the big, whatever the big Hollywood movie that's there. Go see some of the smaller films because some of the best films I've ever seen were at a film festival where I walked in and didn't know anything about the film and then just had a, an amazing time with the, with the film. Um, and that's always the case at Atlanta Film Festival because they do specialize in shorts. And they specialize in, um, um, in local, uh, production. Yeah. Um, so. and of
1: course, the director was there. And with a lot of these smaller films, you get the cast and directors and writers. You get the people who made the film. So you get to hear them talk about it. They're always most of the time available to approach and talk. They definitely want to talk about their film. So these festivals give you the opportunity to do that.
2: Yeah. And if, and if you are an aspiring filmmaker, you really want to go to, to a film festival because you can actually speak to the filmmakers yourself. And also they have, uh, especially Atlanta Film Festival has a ton of seminars and screenplay competitions, um, that are just really, really informative. And I've, I've met a lot of aspiring filmmakers that have told me, or filmmakers that have made a film for the first time and told me that Film festivals where they learned how to make movies. They some of them didn't even go to film school. They just went to film festivals and learned how to make movies at film festivals.
0: That's awesome. Uh,
2: what
1: was what was your favorite at the festival? Um,
2: I'm I'm trying to. Um, it was a, actually it was a short um, that was locally done, um, and I'm trying to look it up right now to tell you what the name of it was. But there was actually two shorts that day. That um, were just um, really incredible films, um, and of course, I can't find the information. Uh, the other was thing, it the birthday birthday cake one. Yeah, yes, birthday cake. Birthday cake was one of the films that that I just loved. Um, it was locally produced, um, and it was just an amazing film. Um, and then the other cool thing that Atlanta Film Festival does every year, and they've done it at different locations, um, they do a thing called Sound Plus Vision. And it was held at um, 787 Madison, no, Windsor, sorry, 787 Windsor, which is just an old warehouse, a, a bunch of old warehouse buildings. And it was bands. It was uh, films being shown. It was uh, basically um, artwork that was being created on site. It was artwork that had been created already. It was um, just an amazing experience of Sound and, and Film's. Um that was just so much fun. They had food trucks out there. Um so you could get something to eat and uh, we just had a blast. Um, yeah. um and I, yep. they do that every year, so it's it's a lot of fun. They've done it at the goat farm. They did it last year at Pond City Market. Um I think they'll probably stay at this place because it was so much bigger. Um and it was uh it, there was so much more to do this year than it has been in years past. Yeah. At least you finally made it to
0: some
2: parties. <laughs> hey, I went, parties. Actually, I went. I went to a lot of parties at uh, the Atlanta Film Festival. Um, their, their opening night party is always on on Paris on Ponce, and that's always a fun event. Um, and that's another occasion where um, um, you can meet filmmakers. And I met. Uh, I talked for quite a while of the opening night filmmaker uh, uh, of the film. Uh, Dave made a maze. Uh, which actually was a mm-hmm. funny film. Um, it's going to be released pretty soon in the next couple of months. Um, and I just love that film, which is a wild film where the, this, uh, this woman comes home and sh- she opens up her apartment. She's been on a trip and, um, in the middle of her apartment are a whole bunch of cardboard boxes. They're all connected. And her boyfriend has been inside those cardboard boxes for 3 days because he's building a maze but he can't get out because he can't find the opening <laughs> and he uh so she along with some friends of theirs decide to go rescue him and go into the maze and it, it was just an amazing film to watch um it it had everything you could imagine including puppets um animation uh the set designs were amazing um and the the stuff they were run into was stuff that he he made uh the he used the boxes so in one room it's a box that was made from um the his uh his electronic piano so like the wall if you touch the wall it was keyboards and it was just it's just a fun film and uh and it was a blast to watch
1: yeah no i love dave made amaze too it's one of the most creative films i think i saw at the festival this year So, like you said, you know, everything was made out of cardboard and just really imaginative.
2: Yeah, but like I said, if you are even thinking about becoming a filmmaker or you have children that want to be filmmakers and and a lot of the film festivals have um, events for children uh, that they'll help them make a film and they'll help them um, show them how to make a film. It's, it's a great experience, and like I said, it, it's just the fact that if you go see a film and you love it, you can then go up and talk to the writer or the director or some of the stars of the movie and tell them, hey, I really loved your film, and, and you know, I want to know if this comes out, or, or you know, give me more information. You can get on mailing lists and all sorts of stuff. It's just a great, great thing to do, and that's why I love going to film festivals and, um uh, uh, Matt and I uh, will be hopefully going to Macon Film Festival. And then uh, down the line, Emma will be going to join us to the Rome I Film will.
0: Festival. Macon seems to always be during Comic-Con, and that always takes uh, yeah. takes front row for me. Yeah, it takes, takes precedence precedent. for me. So... Um, I did really want to see birthday cake. Um, you guys mentioned that I actually know the, uh, the writer and director of that, uh, Brantley Watts, she works with SCAD and, um, I were friends on Facebook and I've been seeing her post, you know, kind of through the whole process of that and all of the promotion and stuff with it. Um, so I hope that there's some way I can see that, um, just because I've I've seen so much posted about it, and I heard that it was it was really great. I did get to see some other films um, with the festival too. I was actually on the jury for the animated shorts, even even though I uh, I only went to one event with the Atlanta Film Festival, which was an after party. Um, I was typical. (laughs) Well, I came back from, uh, uh, heroes and villains, Walker stalker con up in Chicago and was here for, uh, just about 24 hours before I left for Ireland. And, uh, that was the only event I could make it to, but I did have screeners, of the animated shorts. So I was able to, uh, still, still take part in, you know, um, that part of the festival they asked me to be a part of, but, um, it my picks didn't win but that's all right i guess i i wasn't there to defend the ones that i wanted um although once a hero uh that one was really good and that uh won the the jury award and then honorable yeah. mention went to the wrong end of the stick which um really creeped me out it was it was weird um but they were all with the exception, there was two, and I won't name which two they were, that um, I actually wanted to vomit after watching. Um, did you guys see oh, wow. the animated shorts?
1: I I didn't. I missed. Yeah, I was I, only, I only went to one shorts block the entire festival. Um, and I, that was the one that had birthday cake in it.
2: Yeah, I, I did not do the animation, but I did see, <clears throat> uh, I think to went to two different uh, narrative shorts and... Uh, one documentary shorts. Atlanta Film Festival is one of the few film festivals in the United States that all three categories uh, are, uh, if you win, you get a qualification for the Oscars. So the all the shorts categories, the narrative shorts, the animated shorts, and the documentary shorts, if you win at the Atlanta Film Festival, then you're on your way to being nominated for an Oscar. Um, and so the Atlanta Film Festival really specializes in shorts, that's, that's their bread and butter. Uh, the other thing they're really, uh, they, they really promote, uh, women in film. Um, they have the new Mavericks, uh, thing. And that's the other thing about the Lennon Film Festival that they do stuff year round. Um, and they have seminars once a month to help you learn how to be a filmmaker. Or if you want to do something like work on films, you want to be, you know, a, a prop guy or you want to be, uh, a production assistant. Uh, they actually have classes that you can take um, that will get you in the door and th- you get to learn about the job and you, people have gotten jobs just from taking classes at the Atlanta Film Festival, especially here in Atlanta because there are so many films and TV shows being made. Uh, one last thing I wanted to mention about the Atlanta Film Festival before we talk about something else is I, the other thing I saw, which I love every year, it's, a, it's called the Puppet Slam. And basically, they do it late at night. It is very risque. Um, and basically, it's a, it's a bunch of different puppeteers coming up on stage and performing and then also showing uh, short films that star puppets. And it's just a blast. And the audience has a great time. Um, and they do it every year. Um, it's usually on like a Friday or Saturday night. Um, usually starts like at 11. And it's just so much fun. Um, we, we, I just had a great time doing that.
1: You've been doing a lot of puppet stuff lately, Mike. <laughs> I, I guess so. I guess so. Been on, a, been on a puppet kick.
2: So, Emma, tell us about the rest of your travels. Since we literally, you guys that are listening, we've seen Emma, I think, maybe twice in the past yeah. month. Um, j- yeah. Just because she's been on the road so much. I
0: have. Much. Um, and it's funny because I was actually supposed to leave for San Francisco tomorrow. And I got back from Ireland and got the plague I'm calling it while in Ireland came back with the flu, uh, me and the girl I went with, uh, we were on the plane with fevers of 103. It was horrible. Um, and so I got back and I was like, you know what? I'm canceling San Francisco. Like this whole month long travel international thing sounded like a lot of fun in the beginning. Um, it's exhausting, but, um, Travels. Yeah. Um, Chicago was a blast and, um, London was a blast. Um, I guess go back all the way to London. Um, I think the, the highlight of that trip for me, um, uh, if you're a Jane Austen fan and you want to go check out the museum, don't go to the one in Bath. There is another one in Chatwick, um, which is apparently the main one, which I did not know. Um, so we went to the one in Bath, and it was a little underwhelming. Uh, it was like we walked in, and they had like all of these like portraits, and they're like... This one might have been of Jane Austen. We think this one's fan art. This is like, and everything, everything was what? like that. And it was just kind of like, really guys, this is a museum. All right, cool. Um, and then I found out the main one was, you know, in a different area of the country, which made more sense. But um, Bath itself was beautiful. Um, had a blast in London, got to go to the Lego store. And we did the um, the big mosaics where you go in a photo booth and then they print out a Lego mosaic of your face which is pretty awesome um
1: that is yeah pretty awesome like and that's i would get two (laughs) of those because like one of them you would just keep in the box keep it wrapped not open it and then the other one you would open it and create the mosaic?
0: Well, um, I think it's a little, um, it was a little misleading with how I was originally pitched it. Um, They like print out a box that has like everything in it. And then the photo, and you think it's like a fully packaged thing that's completely custom for you. And I don't think that's the case. It prints out like a, uh, a sheet, which is basically your guide to creating your mosaic. And then I think everything else in the box is like, generic like it gives it to everybody um so you can probably save yourself 99 pounds and only get one but um it was it was really cool i still need to put it together i haven't um been here long enough to actually do that yet but um (laughs) That's on my my list of things to do. Um, After I got back from that, I was here for a little bit, then went to um, the convention up in Chicago. Um, I got to hang out with uh, Ming Chen that whole weekend and go to a bunch of speakeasies and restaurants in and around Chicago, which was really, really awesome. Um, We went to this one um, which was under the aviary, which is uh, – it's like only got 14 seats in it. I need to look and see what the name of it. It's really impossible to get into. Um, you have to have like a number, and then they'll tell you if maybe they have room for you. Um, Ming had tried to get into it several times before and actually couldn't.
2: Tell the audience who Ming is. I'm going to tell the audience who Ming is because – not everybody's going to know who he is. Well, we've
0: had him. We,
2: Nobody. Everyone knows, knows who
0: Ming is. is. No, um, we've had him on the podcast. He co-hosted an episode um, back in November. But, of course, he is the star of AMC's Comic Book Men and, um, you know, goes to all of these, these conventions and actually was at the Chicago one um, doing some panel hosting, which was cool. Um, so we got to just kind of chill out in between panels. And I'm totally not seeing the name of this place. I thought we had posted the photo online, but maybe we hadn't. Um, it's, uh, it's, that it's that secretive. secretive. Well, it's yes. under a place called the aviary and um, it's really, really good. The drinks are amazing. Um, and it's funny by the end of the night, um, Sean Gunn, um, from Guardians of the Galaxy and Gilmore Girls, um, also showed up. Him and Ming are pretty good friends. And so we, we all got to hang out and have a couple old fashions and it was a pretty cool experience. Um, so that was basically the, the food and, um, beverage highlights of the trip. I got to host a panel for, um, uh, DC Legends of Tomorrow, which was awesome, and then got to do a couple of interviews, most notably with uh, Scott Wilson, and talked to him a little bit about The OA, which is a Netflix series that I'm obsessed with that got renewed for season two. And um, there's absolutely no news about when that's going to film. I was hoping that Scott had heard something and could say something about mm. when that could potentially be coming back, but um, unfortunately no news on that front. But
1: it's I still really need to good. That, I mean, that was that was the one where it, they just basically dropped it, right? Didn't they like have a trailer and then it was like, oh, out on Netflix yeah. tomorrow or something?
0: It's uh, that- yeah, and the girl, um, she, oh my gosh, I'm spacing on her name too. Um, she did another Earth, um, Britt Brit, Brit Marring Britt Maring. um, and everything hmm. she does is I don't know. It's just really thought thought provoking and um, kind of sci fi ish, but not like too, too much sci-fi-ish. Um, it's hard to kind of, yeah, like grounded sci-fi. It's, um, it's not, I don't know. It's kind of hard to put her, her work in a genre. Um, but it's, it's really, really good. And I highly recommend it. And, um, Another Earth, you've seen that one, haven't you, Mike?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, it's, if you want to see a really cool sci-fi film, that's really an, got it, but an indie, uh, Got an indie beat to it. Basically, um, that's the movie to see. I mean, it's a wonderful movie and great performance by yeah. her. Um, she and her, her writing partner uh, have done a number of films and now this TV show. Um, and she's just a major talent. And I look forward to everything that she does because it's always quality stuff, on, usually on a very small yeah. budget. Um yeah, another, another Earth is just an amazing film.
0: I want to say that I saw that at the Atlanta Film Festival several years ago. It was like, I don't know, 2013 maybe. I feel like I saw it at a film festival. Um, maybe.
2: Hmm. I don't recall it being there, but that's, that's a possibility. I
1: remember going to a screen. Maybe before.
0: that's what I was thinking. I
1: don't remember if it was at a film festival. Though or not.
0: Well, I like to say that I've been to a handful of film festivals, so <laughs> I have, I think it was, but don't hold me to it. Yeah. Um, After Chicago, though, I came back for 24 hours and then got on a plane to Ireland, which was a total blast. Um, We landed in Dublin and then went from Dublin up to Belfast, um, did the Titanic Museum, which I was a bucket list thing for me. I really wanted to go. And um, that was another museum that I was kind of uh, not underwhelmed by, but I had different expectations of. you know, we've been we've had so many of those touring, um, uh, you know, expeditions or uh, exhibits here in the states of the Titanic stuff that they've actually, you know, uh, stuff that they've brought up and um, replications that they've done or or replicas that they've done and uh, various, you know, clothing or jewelry or china or whatever. Um, And I expected the museum to have a lot more of uh, just wreckage that they had actually brought up. um, And they did not because the museum and um, basically the whole organization there kind of sees that as a grave site and they see that as robbing the grave. So they don't actually have anything that has been brought up from the Titanic at that museum. So it's it's a lot of video and text and photos and uh, lots of really cool interactive um, things that you can do and kind of explore, but no actual... Um, you know, objects that have been brought up, which is kind of what I was was hoping to see. I, I understand their stance on it, but it just wasn't exactly what I expected. Um the museum itself is beautiful and being able to see the dry dock where Titanic was built and um, you know, where they they launched it for, you know, its trip down to uh um I believe it was Southampton where everyone got on board and the uh the the trip ensued. But um it was really, really cool to see, and they actually have the last, um, the, the last ship from the White Star Line, uh, which is the, uh, Nomadic, and we actually got to go on that, which is one fourth the size of the Titanic, and that was pretty cool to check out. Um, aside from that, we did all Game of Thrones stuff, uh, they have a really cool, uh, press event that they put together for media from all over the world and we got to go to a number of different filming locations from you know season one locations to um, the last season and one of the things that was really really cool in they're kind of putting together for fans that go and want to visit uh, these various filming locations um, they have 10 doors one for each episode of last season and they're all customized to that episode to tell the story of that episode. And there are um, there, there's this amazing line of trees um, that's in the country in Northern Ireland. And one of these trees, I, I actually I think it was like two of these trees like fell during a big storm. And they actually used the wood um, from these trees. They're called the dark hedges um, to create these doors and all of them are in different areas of Northern Ireland that are somehow relevant to the filming locations, and they're—you um, can go and see them. They're in pubs, they're in hotels, um, various restaurants, and stuff around Northern Ireland. And it's just something that's really, really cool to see. And they're going to put together like a little passport for you to be able to go around and like collect all the doors. But uh, yeah,
1: like a scavenger, yeah, huh?
0: except they tell you where everything is. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's.
1: Well, they should make they it a scavenger should. hunt, so you have to get to know the sites <laughs> exactly, of Ireland, and then you find. It the is dwarf. pretty
0: cool. Um, I only, I think I saw seven, eight, nine, ten, and one, so I didn't get to see all of them either. We were only, you know, doing this. This uh, trip or this portion of the trip for for two days of the Game of Thrones stuff. Uh, But we actually got to go to um, Castle Ward, which is what they have used for Winterfell. And we got to do some archery, which I was pretty good at. Just going to say that. I'm just going to put that. I was a lot better than Krista, the girl that was with me, who should never be trusted with a bow and arrow.
2: (laughs) So so do we have to call you Katniss now? I
0: think so. I think that's fair. I feel like my skills were that good just gonna say it. I hit yeah. my target three out of four times and the other time I actually hit my neighbor's target. So I was kind of just like doing them a favor. <laughs> so, <laughs> But it was a lot of fun and um, it's a really cool experience. If you're in Northern Ireland, um, definitely book ahead. It's not something you can just show up and do. I mean, you can show up to the location and kind of walk around. But if you want to actually have, you know, a kind of Game of Thrones experience, um, you can book that in advance and do the archery and, um, you know, check out the grounds and, you know, have a have a meal there with a with a group. Um, It's really, really cool. Definitely worth checking out. Um, aside from that, we when we left Belfast, we drove up to Malin, which is one of the locations from Star Wars Episode Eight, and uh, we had no idea what we were looking at because obviously we've not seen Episode Eight. But we got to um, one of the beaches where they filmed, and we we pulled off, and immediately when we like saw the beach, we're like, "Oh, this is the set," because um, it just looked like something from another galaxy. It was um, it was really really beautiful. We spent about an hour um, picking rocks. You each have a rock from another galaxy that I got you. Um, yeah, Ooh. yeah. See, I told you I was going to bring you back souvenirs.
1: Maybe it will be actually. We could see it in Star Wars. Be like, that's oh, a rock. That's our yeah,
0: rock. <laughs> yeah. You can say that. It's, it's, it, it will be in the yeah. film. Um, <laughs> I will
1: be saying that. <laughs> I will be too.
0: Um, it, it was really cool, and um, that whole little town up there, uh, Malin Head, is just a beautiful, uh, a beautiful location. And actually, they have a pub up there, um, which has a big Yoda on the side of it, and it's the northern, um, it's the northernmost pub in Ireland, and it's really cool. Definitely worth going. They have a bunch of fun Star Wars stuff in there, and. Um, it's a small town. It's super, super small. So you you can't help but see everything when you're there. Um, and they also have a coffee shop that has a bunch of um, uh, Star Wars themed stuff in it and uh, uh, lots of cool hiking paths. And it's just really, really beautiful. Um so Krista and I being the crazy trip planners that we were decided to drive from the very northern tip of the country to the very southern tip of the country on that day um, so we got in a little like I think it was 1159 we pulled into Port McGee which is uh, where we thought we were going to go out to uh, Skelling Island which is where they filmed the, the very last scene of um, uh, Force Awakens and Little did we know that you can only get on that island um, from May 15th through September 15th. And we thought, well, hey, maybe we can just take a boat ride out there. And the weather was absolutely horrific that day. So um, we didn't get to do that. And that was also the day that Krista got hit with the flu. Um, so we went around and looked at some ancient stone forts and a few castles that were nearby and then um, took like seven hour naps And, uh, that night, um, we stayed at the Moorings, which is a really cute little bed and breakfast place in Port McGee. And it was actually where they had the pre-production offices for, um, when they were there filming Force Awakens in that scene. They, they were set up there for about six months, which seems pretty long for what actually made it into the film. So I'm kind of wondering if maybe they filmed some stuff for episode eight while they were there too with that. Um... That would be my yeah. that would be my
2: guess, because that's that's over long to to be in a yeah. one location for that short yeah. scene.
1: So it's like a yeah. two minute scene. And I know episode eight is taking off exactly where seven. Well
0: finished. then that would probably so, And they did yeah. go back
2: there. So So my rock may may have been in two films. Well no, yeah. no.
0: This is oh, there's a was different, different location. location. I didn't get you a rock from Port uh, McGee. <laughs> but
2: so,
1: Emma Emma's seen more of Star Wars episode eight. I have. Than us. <laughs> and, than most Maybe we'll now. all
0: get to see that one four times in the first day too. <laughs> but <laughs> oh we, I had, we Jeez, had some no. screening challenges when we uh when we saw uh that film and it uh no that was that was Rogue One. Was, was it Force Awakens? Awakens. Oh god, yeah, no, it all's running together now. Um it was the uh, yeah, the Force Awakens. I think we saw because it kept starting and restopping, or starting and stopping, and then they ended up just screening it completely again for us that night. So um, I had joked around to all my Star Wars fan friends that I had seen it four times, you know, the week before it was going to release or whatever. Um, there,
2: there was a li- there was a little section where we that we saw three times. Yeah. That
0: day. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, But uh, if you are going out to to check out that island, which apparently is a it's not an easy thing to do. The brochure for it is covered in about 25 different warnings about how dangerous it (laughs) is. Um, But it's uh, definitely something really cool and kind of almost on the scale of like um, Machu Picchu, obviously not that old, but it's a 12th century monastery that's out there. And it's, you know, these ruins that are um, pretty pretty isolated and, and pretty cool to see. So it's kind of on that scale for me of, of wow. something I want to go out to and actually hike. Um, but if you're going out to do that, definitely check out this place, The Moorings, um, and stay there because it's not only where they had the pre-production, but they also had the cast wrap party in the bar, and Mark Hamill learned how to pour the perfect Guinness there, which they have a little experience that you can do <laughs> where you can learn how to pour the perfect Guinness. Um, uh, which Krista and I did, and we got little T-shirts. It was like um, uh, just a, a super cool, cool experience to be able to, you know, feel like you're a part of the production in a way. Um, so I don't know, it was super, super cool.
1: You have joined the ranks I have, of Mark. I Hamill.
0: have. I've sat in the same same bar stool as uh, Mark Hamill and had a Guinness. Yes.
1: When you meet them, you could be like, hey, we both know how to
0: Exactly. The exactly. There's a video, actually, of uh, Krista and I doing that challenge. And mine was perfect. And Krista messed hers up. And then it, like, spilled on mine. And then it made mine look like I didn't do it right. Um, so I just want to put that <laughs> out there, that mine was perfect. But <laughs> um, we left the next morning uh, for a four-hour drive back to... Um, Dublin because we were doing the Jameson distillery experience um, later that day I drove the whole day because Krista was dying I started dying that day um, but we managed to get some whiskey in us <laughs> before we got super sick which was probably not a good idea and um, But, uh, the best old fashioned I've ever had in my entire life was at the Jameson, uh, distillery in Dublin. Highly recommend going and checking that out. The, the experience as a whole is, um, I kind of in comparison it to and comparing it to Guinness, which was, um, just the coolest freaking museum and rooftop bar and their gift store was like a bass pro shop. Like it was just insanely large. Um, Uh, Jameson's a lot smaller, but still a really cool experience and really well designed. Their gift shop is kind of ridiculously small, but it's still got some good stuff in it. And uh, from there, we drove out a little bit uh, to be a little bit closer to the airport to leave the next day and just uh, had dinner out there and then flew out the next day. And I landed with the flu and then immediately had to get in the car and drive to New Orleans and i'm back from that now um fully reco- not fully recovered um but i no longer have the flu so that's basically been the last month of my life
2: so basically I Emma, mean, what you did was a drinking tour of basically Ireland.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah okay
2: but I just want to make yeah. it clear you know it, drinking and move and uh, set visit yeah well under the pre- you know it's saying that you're going to go visit game of thrones and and star wars but really it was to visit places to drink.
0: Well, I had to go check out the bars where they went when they filmed. Like, I can tell you, like, four separate bars in Belfast where um, Jon Snow, Kit Harrington, liked to, to frequent when he was there. And we even went to one on um, the Spaniard, which is kind of like a, a Spanish flair on, like, a uh, church bar. If you're familiar with church bar here in Atlanta, it's kind of like a Spanish version of that. Um and that Kit Harrington had been at the week before we were there, so you know, just wisdom. Miss him. It. I like to have the full cultural experience, though. You know, not just see the sets, but also you know, drink at the same bars as the cast.
1: Were there any Irish drinking songs that you? No,
0: but now I feel like there should have been. Oh well. <laughs>
1: you know, well next time. <laughs> next time, next time,
0: next yeah. time.
1: See the rest of those doors. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm still I'm still dying. I went to the gym today and um had a coughing <laughs> fit during my workout. So, um excuse me if I just go into another one of those. But um yeah, it was a really great experience and um everyone that we encountered was was super cool, um very welcoming and just kind of encouraged us to to geek out on everything that we were there checking out. So, um, I'll have coverage of that up on FanBolt here, probably within the next month because it's a lot of stuff to put together. But um, yeah, so that was my my Sounds awesome. trip. And, and then
2: right. and then and so then next weekend you're going to next
0: weekend I'm going to Bristol, Tennessee for a NASCAR event, <laughs> <laughs> which is. No. Not um, something that I think anyone would expect me to do because I literally. I, not only do I know nothing about NASCAR, I really know nothing about cars, in general. Um, if they run and have air conditioning in them, I'm happy. So, um, which mine currently doesn't. So. Uh, you do,
2: you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you realize that these cars don't have air conditioning. See? Um, that I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, and then the other. Th- that That is I talked to a friend of mine who 's a big NASCAR fan has gone to almost all the tracks, and he said that track is actually the loudest track in NASCAR because of its shape it 's a bowl shape it 's a short track mm-hmm. as opposed to a track that 's a long track like the Indianapolis track um, it 's a very short track and and so you 're going to be encountering a lot of noise awesome. Just warning you. That's yep. that's what headphones and yep. earplugs. Are for.
0: I uh, I assume that I will have those things. I should probably double check if I need to uh, bring them with. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm doing that event with Auto Trader. Who, um, they their marketing team thought it would be you know a, a funny article to be written about a a, a girl that <laughs> that knew nothing market. about <laughs> NASCAR goes to her first NASCAR event. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm up for anything. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. And
2: and heads up, uh, there will be drinking involved.
0: Cool. Well, I can do that. (laughs) Of course. I can, I can definitely do that. I have a, I actually like beer now. Like I like Guinness. I had so much of it while in Ireland. I now like it. So yeah. All
2: right. Well, that's. And courtesy of me, you like you like Shiner I do Bach, like Rock
0: so. and I like whatever that coffee beer is that you and Danielle left in my fridge. That is also very good.
2: Well, <laughs> she's she's on <laughs> her way. She's, she's um, by it. the way, I, I do have a correction. Um, uh, the Brit Marling film Another Earth was in 2011, so I don't think you saw it at the Atlanta Film. Why?
0: Festival. Why are you saying that?
2: <laughs> because it, I don't think you were going, you don't think you I, went I in did. 2011. Okay. I'm going to look like. it up. <laughs> you went, well, you said you, got you said t- 2013. You got well, Figure I didn't out.
0: remember when it was, oh. but I remember that I... Okay.
1: We got to find out if it was playing at the end. I'm, I'm
0: looking, looking it up. First. Oh, look at That's this. Like, look at this. Atlanta Film Festival, Another Uh-oh. Earth Tickets. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yep.
2: Uh-oh. There you, there go.
0: you go. See, I told you <laughs> I...
2: You're I saw a movie. Now, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. i just was correcting. I was correcting when the movie came out it was That
0: does seem more accurate. It was a a little further back than than 2013.
2: Um, but anyways, um,
0: moving forward, I do have an interview, which I actually think I'm going to push to our next episode just because I want to make sure we have time to do um, film reviews of The Fate of the Furious and Colossal, which both come out um, this Friday in Atlanta. And um, well, Fate of the Furious, I know, comes out nationwide. I'm not sure about Colossal. Do you guys know?
1: I believe that's Colossal. comes out, out Friday. In some some markets, it's only yes. out in some markets. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then it's kinda having a a limited release rollout over the next couple of weeks. Right, it comes it out Friday in Atlanta. That's correct. Tomorrow.
0: All right. Yep. Well, um, Let's jump into our film reviews and um, I do have a really awesome interview with Josh McDermott who, um, it's a pretty comical interview. Of course, he plays Eugene on The Walking Dead, which uh, just wrapped up here um, not too long ago for, for the last season. Uh, but it's, a, it's still a good interview and one worth uh, checking out. So stay tuned for that next week and let's jump into our film reviews. Which one do you guys want to start
2: with Uh, Colossal I guess would be
0: right. Um, do you guys want to kind of give a little overview of uh, what it's about and who's in it
1: yeah Um, Colossal is everybody's calling it the Anne Hathaway kaiju movie because it stars Anne Hathaway who is she's an alcoholic and she has no job she just recently went on a break with her boyfriend and she decides to move back home from New York to some small town. And while there, she kind of reunites with her old childhood friend, who's played by Jason Sudeikis. And, you know, who he owns a bar, and they eventually go out drinking. And then the next one, she blacks out one night, and the next morning she wakes up and realizes that there's been this giant monster attack in Seoul. And it's basically her. She's in control of this monster somehow, some way. And it's this very dark comedy. And there's a lot of dark stuff that happens. The trailers make it out to be a lot more funnier than it actually is. But it's definitely worth seeing.
2: Yeah, it it's, uh, it's de- definitely has a lot of um, uh, underpinnings in it. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in this film. Uh, Jason Sudeikis, who's really good in this film, um, he's, he's very, his character is very complex, and, and he's got a lot of hidden things that we find out in the film, um, and that's one of the things I really liked about the film, um, Hathaway's really good in the film, um, and by the way, she was in her third trimester when she made this film, um, that, which is just amazing, um, Uh, So, I I like this film a lot. Um, I didn't love it, though. Uh, I think Matt loves it more than I do. I loved Um, it.
1: I thought it was one of my favorite films of the year so far. You know, it's just really, really different than all the other Hollywood stuff out there. And it really puts an interesting spin on the whole Monster Attacks the Big City kind of film.
2: I will will say this. When I I saw it out of South Byte and uh, the director was there, um, he... This is a passion project for him. Um, he always wanted to make a monster film. Uh, the director's name is Nacho Vigalondo, and um, he—he's—he's he, he's a really funny character too. He's very—he's got a great sense of humor, but um, he really wanted to make a monster movie, and he figured that this was the only way that he would be able to do it—is to to write uh, where the, there was some comedy in it, some drama in it. Um, um, so I guess we need to go on the uh, the old Atlas uh, well, scale let's here.
0: Let's do it. Um, let's start out with boredom factor. Um, from one to five, how bored were you?
1: I would give it a zero. You know, I wasn't bored at all. You know, I was really captivated by the, the entire film.
2: I wasn't bored at all. Either I'd give it a 1. Um, I don't think 0 is in part in our category I, so I do zeros saying, all Matt, the time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. See, I'm yeah. still I'm, yeah. new, I'm a newbie I'm still cool Emma. You, I you remember did. the
1: last the last podcast I was was making note of. Oh, you can pick
2: 0 because <laughs> Emma does exactly. It all. Okay. All right. So if Emma, Emma set a precedent, you, Emma, I'm still and sick with we one. And we can do, like, 0. .5 and... Well, I do you know, know that. Just because, make,
1: make yeah. things difficult for Jakai. Exactly. You, yeah. Yeah. And, and Emma, Emma especially I loves that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I'd give it a one. You can also mispronounce names. It's
0: encouraged. <laughs> um, all right. Well, what about eye-rolling factor? Um, one to five, how many times were you rolling your eyes?
1: I would give it a One. I'll give it just, a two. Uh, go ahead, Matt. Just because, and this will probably come up later too in the, the worst performance. Just because of, there's a friend of Jason Sudeikis' character who's just, he's so weird and random and just like, they put him on screen a lot, but he doesn't say much. And so it's just, it's just really odd and out of place, it feels.
2: Yeah, there's a couple of characters like that in this film. Um, and it, it's, it's, it kind of, Gives it a little bit of a, I don't know, where it's kind of like a sore thumb. I mean, of, of the film, you know, because these characters, there's a couple of characters that you're like, why are these characters here, um, and why they had, you know, put them in the background, don't let them talk at you all. Know. Um, so that just is, is a little strange. Um, I, I rolling, I would, I would, uh, I'd say that I didn't have much of I rolling. I'd give it a one.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, best performance, who would you give that to?
1: Yeah, that's a hard one. Cause, I mean, it's definitely a toss up between Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis. I'm going to give it to Jason Sudeikis just because it feels like out of his character. You know, his character is so different than everything else he's played in other mm-hmm. roles. And he does it so very well. And it's it's a great character. Like, I don't want to spoil anything for the film. Of course, like, definitely go see it for yourself. His character is is amazing.
2: Yeah, I mean, so Sudeikis is 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 the, he's got a much meatier part. Um, it's much more. There's much more to his part um, than there is Hathaway. Uh, the other thing I that did, I didn't like, and it's not not any fault of Hathaway, was uh, Hathaway plays what I call a pretty drunk, um, somebody you know, that we can laugh at and not be too concerned about, even though she's got a serious problem. Um, but her. Drinking never really, other than getting in trouble with her boyfriend, there's really not a lot of consequences to her drinking, Um, and uh, it just well,
1: well, the consequences is that she's destroying entire cities. I
2: know, I know, I know. (laughs) But it just it just seems like um, it just seems a little shallow, and and her realizing it just seems too simple for me. Um, but Sudeikis I really liked, and, and he, he's got a much – there's a little bit of menace uh, even early on in Sudeikis' character, um, and, and, and that, that makes the film interesting for me. I'd say there's a lot of menace. Well, I'm trying not to give too <laughs> much away there, Matt, so <laughs> no spoiler alerts.
0: All right. Uh, who would you guys give worst performance to?
2: Uh, the the two the two guys that were uh, – who knows what they were in the film. Um They're, well, the one, there's one guy who is
1: fine, I thought. I don't, I don't remember any of their names or any details, but like, there's another guy. He's the friend and he kind of has a thing for Ann Hathaway and kind of gets between, between them. He's the one who just seems awkward and out of place. And he's the quiet guy in the corner who the camera likes to, pick up a lot on for some reason and just put them there on screen without him saying anything. And it's just really weird.
2: Yeah. It's, 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 it's almost like they wanted a pretty boy on the screen for whatever reason. Uh, I don't know if they were trying to get some women in the, in the, in the building or what, but it's just, it's just rather strange. Um, I would have, I would have been happier if, like I said, if it was just Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis um, interacting and everybody else be in the background instead of, bringing these characters in and out of the story. Right,
0: lines. right. Um, well, this one wasn't shot in Atlanta, so I'm assuming the recognition factor is a zero.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, no,
2: and, 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 no, and, no Atlanta landmarks. And by the way, the, the scenes in Seoul were actually shot in Seoul. Oh, cool. Um, so I think that was a pretty cool thing. And he Nacho said, it's so weird, the guy's name is Nacho, but Nacho said... It's, a, it's an amazing <laughs> name. That the, guy, that the assistant director that he worked in in Seoul had worked on literally probably 500 films and was so good at his job that, he, that Nacho didn't have to do anything. And there was a couple of times that Nacho just kind of made him redo stuff just so he felt like he was still in charge, <laughs> uh, even because the assistant director was so good. Um, I just thought that was funny that he's like, yeah, I, I, I would stop the shooting and say, um, that guy in the background, he needs to run faster. And so the assistant director would go over and tell the guy to run faster, He'd do another take, and then not just say, "Yeah, that's what I wanted. That was great." <laughs> just so that he felt like he was still in charge. The because, because assistant director was that's so good. That's awesome.
0: Um, all right. So overall, um, one of course being an A, and a five being a full atlas. Uh, what would you What would you give Colossal?
1: Well, I would give it a, an atlas, a full atlas. You know. It's definitely one of my favorite films I've seen this year so far.
2: See, I'm I'm right. I'm opposite. Um, I think it's a good film, but I don't think it's a great film. Um, I would give it an ATL. Okay. All
0: right. Well, um, that comes.
2: I'm on you, Mike. <laughs> uh,
0: that one comes out um, on Friday, or if you're on listening, Friday. I yeah. don't know when this podcast is going to go up. So <laughs> it's probably already out if you're listening to this. Um, so let's uh, <laughs> let's move on to another one that will also um, probably already be out when you're listening to this. Um, Fate of the Furious, the last Fast and the Furious movie, which of course did shoot here in Atlanta. Um, Let's talk about this one. Uh, who wants to Who wants to get yeah. the description of this one?
1: I mean, do we really need a
0: description?
1: <laughs> this no, not really. I mean, it's the eighth film in the series. Yeah, I mean, the series.
2: I, the only thing is, is that they they've brought in somebody new to the cast. Um,
1: they go fast. They go serious. Uh, yes,
2: but but Sh- Charlize Theron is the bad guy in the film, and basically. Um, she has something, we don't know what, but she has something holding over uh, Vin Diesel's character, Dom, um, and forces him to become a bad guy and go against the rest of the team. Um, and mayhem ensues. It's, it's an amazing film. I mean, I, I've enjoyed these films since, I think, uh, the fifth film, uh, when The Rock joined it, and they basically decided that these characters were no, were no longer humans. They were superhumans. <laughs> and basically, so you could have characters jump out of planes in cars, and then uh, I don't remember, I think it was Vin Diesel, literally jump from one car to another car while it's in midair and, you know, does it with ease. Um, basically, they can take a punch that would kill a normal person and just, you know, slide it off. Um, and of course, then the cars do things that no cars ever have been able to do. Um, this this one they go even further. Um, at one point, they're racing a submarine.
0: Not kidding. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's it's ridiculous, but I mean, it, it's what
1: fans it expect is. from the series. From it Tom, is so. And, and you I, and know I, and, exactly I, what you're getting into when you buy a ticket for this.
2: Yeah. Series. Now I, I will say this: um, the the low point of this film is the two times that Vin Diesel cries in the film and tries to act, um, that's that's not good. Um, let's, let's let The Rock, uh, let, let's let Dwayne Johnson do a little more acting, and Vin Diesel just needs to not try to emote so much.
0: You know, I remember when this was filming and there was, um, I'm going to try to get the facts of this right. There was a lot of tension on this set because Vin Diesel and The Rock um, weren't really getting along during filming. And The Rock like wrote a letter um, about how uh, people should be treated on set, um, kind of in direct response to um, how Vin Diesel was treating people on set. And that was something that was pretty, pretty thoroughly covered in the media uh, during filming. You can kind of go back and look at all the details. Yeah. Um, But on screen, everyone seemed to get along really well. And there didn't seem to be, you know, anything from um, off camera or anything kind of coming through in their performances. So um, which was definitely something I was kind of looking for just because I I knew a couple of people that worked on the project. And I and I heard some stories about how unpleasant the set environment was. Um, Yeah. Well, that
1: and that like gives makes it. It was legit beef. It wasn't just kind of oh, because the whole story revolves around Vin Diesel's character betraying everybody and becoming their enemy. So you're thinking, oh, is this just some kind of media publicity stunt, or was it beef? Um, My guess,
2: I'm guessing it really was. Oh yeah, no, because I'm thinking this is Vin. This is one of Vin Vin Diesel is one of the producers of this film. Um, This is his baby. Um, yeah. He saw very early on that that they could turn this into a franchise. And uh, I think bringing The Rock on, when The Rock was starting to become a major motion picture star, and now The Rock has, uh, I keep calling The Rock, but I'm that's going back to my WWF days. But Dwayne, Johnson, the Rock. but Dwayne Johnson has become the highest paid movie star out there and is a huge box office draw now. You can't say the same thing about Vin Diesel. He is not, he's... He's still a movie star, but he's not in the he's not in Dwayne Johnson's um, stratosphere, and I have, have a feeling that created the tension between the two. And the stories that I've heard is Vin Diesel would, was changing scenes and changing lines to get more screen time, and 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 getting giving less uh, screen time for Dwayne Johnson. Um, so. Uh, but you know, I, I, think it helped with the film. There's definitely, a, I saw some tension between the two and I, I think it just helped, um, create some <laughs> Meth- yeah. method acting. Yeah. There were some method let's, acting. Let's hit each other in real life. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, well let's jump into our, our official review. Let's start with boredom factor one to five. How bored were you guys?
2: Um, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it a I'll give it a two just because there's a couple of scenes that that got bogged down a little bit mostly involving Vin Diesel um, when he's had actually had to, to do some yeah. acting um, he's got there's some lines that Vin Diesel says in this film that are some of the cheesiest lines I've ever heard in in, in film I mean there's it's just horrible lines and uh, Charlie Stearon is asked to say a couple of lines that in it also bad. that yeah. I just like. I'm just like what you're you're an amazing actress. I wonder what's going through your mind when you're having to go through these scenes and say these lines. There
0: were several scenes with her where I was kind of like taken out of the scene by just how bad the dialogue was
2: yeah I, yeah, I, t- I totally agree with that
1: um, and I'll, it, I'll get to that when we talk about the action <laughs>
0: factor <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a 2 for boredom factor as well just because um, there is so much going on on screen like it's uh, I think we said it was like 2 hours and 16 minutes which is a, a pretty long film yep. but it's so action packed that you it, it doesn't feel like a 2 hour and 16 minute movie just because it's uh, kind of a I guess a party for the senses with how over the top everything is um so i wasn't bored um but i like matt have um some things to say in the eye rolling section
1: (laughs) yeah yeah go ahead matt i was gonna give it a one you know be a little bit more lenient than you you two but uh because yeah i mean it's basically just one massive action set piece after another and so
2: um, I, I did want to say one thing. Uh, the film opens with a great uh, scene that actually I think is a, an homage to the early films um, that basically is a street race um, in the streets of Havana. Yeah. And it's, it's really well done and it's a lot of fun. And it's basically, uh, there's a little bit of, of play with it, but it's mostly just my car against your car and who can soup up a car the, the most. Um, and that's back to the early days of, of this series instead of now these these superhero things. And I really enjoyed that, that opening sequence. And it still has all the outrageous factor of oh, the yeah. franchise two yeah, so. they've got a they got a tank <laughs> that's going like ninety miles an hour. It's just it's, well no
1: no even just that one scene. That one oh, section yeah. two.
2: Yeah nice. even that yeah. yeah.
0: Well <laughs> Yeah. Um, All right. So moving along to the eye rolling factor. Um, For me, this was a five. How about you guys?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And see, for me, yes, it's a five, but it's not because of the action and the outrageous stunts. I was eye rolling because of, okay, so Charlize Theron's, her character, she's a hacker. And those hacker scenes are just (laughs) terrible because it's the terrible... CSI, you know, TV Hollywood hacker, where they're saying who knows what what words and you know that hacker speak that doesn't really exist, and it's just so over the top cheesy. It's
0: just I think oh my god,
1: it was the writers was so need
0: mad. to watch some uh, Mister Robot to get it right. Yeah, yes,
1: yes, because you're like really <laughs> okay because her character is like this super hacker who can hack anything that has a computer basically and. It's, yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I, I would. I'm giving it a five, also, and uh, and you know, here's the deal: is you're not watching it for the acting, you're not watching it for the dialogue, but sometimes both of those are just really bad. Um, I we ought to mention also Scott Eastwood, um, who is basically Paul Walker's replacement now in the gang. Uh, being the pretty boy uh, guy. Um, and there's a couple of times where he's trying to act with uh, with Kurt Russell, who, you know, Kurt Russell can just walk on the screen and say one line and he would be great. And I mean, you're just not going to overshadow Russell. And there's a couple of times where I felt that Eastwood was really trying to stay in the same level with Russell and just can't yeah. do that. Um, not not even close.
1: I thought Eastwood was
2: fine. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't, he was ex- Acceptable for for what the franchise is. Yeah, I still still that. but also yeah, you're right that the hacking stuff. I mean, you know, in Michelle Rodriguez is hacking into a submarine, and it's just like okay, yeah,
1: sure. Well, no, it was Natalie Manuel. Oh, his name is Natalie Manuel.
2: I'm sorry, Natalie Manuel. Michelle Rodriguez was fighting. That's right. Michelle Rodriguez was a yeah. It's still they're they're doing stuff that. They're hacking take. into
1: a submarine, and yeah, yeah, it's like a hack battle. It's like, oh no, she's locked me out. No, I'll yep. override this. <laughs> yeah,
0: really, yeah. 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 Um, so so best performance I would give to The Rock. What about you guys?
1: I really like Jason Statham.
0: He was yeah. he was pretty I good.
1: He was really good. Like he was the best. In every scene that he was in, like he wasn't in it as much as the Rock. That's fair. But he really, he really stole all the scenes he was in, like, and he has, he has some amazing comedic timing too. I would say.
2: Yeah, that Jason, Jason definitely, uh, he's shown us that in the past uh, with some of the other film he's done um, with. Uh, with, uh, was it Spy Hard? Was it the name of it? Um,
1: oh, uh, yeah, the Melissa McCarthy one. The Melissa
2: McCarthy one. Um, yeah. and he's, so he's got that, he's got a really good comic timing. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm still, a am still a Dwayne Johnson fan. Um, I think he, of all the, everybody on that screen other than Russell and, and Charlie Steron, um, he's the best actor in that group. Um, and I, I, I just enjoy watching him work. Um, he he could really commands the screen and really commands um, um, his presence. It's just overwhelming. Um, and I, So I just love to watch him work.
1: I would also like to say that Charlize Theron has some of the craziest eyes I've seen. Like, as bad as the hacking was, I thought she was actually a pretty good villain. For the film.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um... I feel like it's almost hard for me to comment on that because her dialogue was, was so bad um, that, yeah. it, like I said, it really did kind of pull me out of it. Um, but I do think, you know, ex- expression-wise and kind of body language-wise, um, she, w- she definitely was a good villain. Like,
1: yeah, script aside, like, she really sold the film well.
0: Um, well, then, moving right along, worst performance, what would you... Who would you give that to?
2: Oh man. Um I don't know. You just call it like a tie all around.
0: It's kind of like a group effort, <laughs> right? Like it was um yeah. and I, yeah. I mean,
1: they are they are family.
2: I mean, it's a family effort. I mean, effort. The, I mean uh, uh Ludacris and and Tyrese Gibson both are not the greatest actors in the world. Right. Um See, I, I they are aren't, but I love I love them together. Like they make me
1: the la- laugh the most. Well yeah, they're they're there the for com- like, they're yeah, they're there for comic yeah. relief, but so that uh, that that makes them not the worst for me, at least.
2: All right, we'll have, we'll just make it a group effort then.
0: <laughs> all right, yeah. that uh that works. So, I mean, yeah. The- <laughs> um, ATL recognition. Uh, one of you said you saw the Weston. I never saw anything that looked like Atlanta <laughs> in this. So,
1: I mean, there's a whole scene in. It takes place in New York. But they filmed it here. The driving scene, where they're
0: they filmed that downtown. That
1: that was supposed to be New York. Yeah, that was downtown. That was was, a lot of. where I saw the Weston.
2: Yeah, where I saw the Weston was that was definitely Peachtree.
1: Yeah, like there's this one massive scene where they're I think they're um, chasing a Russian emissary or something, and that's that's all downtown Atlanta where they filmed it, and I I recognize the sidebar. In downtown Atlanta, there's a scene that takes place on the the little out the street mm-hmm. next to it, and you can see the sidebar and everything. So I've recognized that place, but I mean, like, for an Atlanta resident, it's just okay. Yeah, that's downtown Atlanta. Even though you might not see the big landmarks like the Westin, like I didn't I didn't see the Westin either, but
2: I was looking for it. So because that's that's one of the big landmarks when you're right. downtown. Um, yeah. So I was purposely looking for it, and I did see it in a couple of shows. They did a
0: good job of making that whole segment really look like New York, because um, when I was watching it, I was like, I wonder if this was actually filmed in New York. Um, so <laughs> clearly, I didn't recognize my own city in that scene. So I guess they they did an <laughs> all right job with it. Um but yeah, other than that, a uh, uh, fairly low on the ATL recognition um, scale because you really have to know what you're you're looking for. Yeah. Um, and
1: then I imagine a lot of it too was filmed like on sound stages yeah. and yeah. stuff like that because there's yeah, there's they, a lot of indoor stuff.
2: They they did shoot a little bit in New York and they did shoot a little bit in Cleveland and they did shoot in there. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the and then the submarine chase sequence. Uh, some of it was shot in Iceland.
0: Oh, that scene. Um, <laughs> uh, so overall, uh, what what would you guys give this? Uh, one to five on the, the Atlas scale. Um, I'm going to give it an A. I'm going to give it a one. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Well, I mean, wow. I don't know. Okay, maybe I'll give it an the A. Teams. I was entertained. No, we
1: don't. Don't don't
0: fall to I pressure. I was entertained, but it's not it's not yeah, a good movie. <laughs> like let's just be real. Um you know what you're going to be getting into, and if you like these types of movies, then um, you're you'll like this. But it's it's a weak script. Um, I always try to find some level of uh, uh, realism in what I watch, and you know there's just not any here. So,
1: there's no. Realism.
0: Um, it's difficult for me to kind of submerge myself ha, in this world um, when they're doing races with submarines. So it's it's that was a that was good, oh, right? That was... I was pretty oh, proud submerge. of that one. <laughs> that's that's <laughs>
1: terrible. So. What sad. about you guys? See, I like I mirror your sentiments. I mirror your explanation, but I would still give it an an ATL. Okay. Because you know I had fun. It's it, I was able to turn my brain off for two hours and sixteen minutes and just go along for the ride.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. Go- I'm going to give it an uh, ATL also just because one thing it didn't seem like it was two it hours and sixteen minutes. Um, and I ha- I just had a blast watching it. And even you know what when you watch a movie like this, even the cheesy stuff. I mean, there's a couple times that I, that there was something I don't remember what it was, but there's something that was so cheesy. And I used to looked over Matt just to go. That was just the cheesiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but I still enjoyed it. Um, I, it's it's highly entertaining um I you know and where are they gonna go next after this one my my prediction the next one's gonna take place in space because that's the only place they've gone they haven't gone to I mean yet. why
0: not <laughs> We yeah, s- why
1: not they've already they're already confirmed for two more at least they've
0: gotta so up the ante
1: we'll have yeah
0: um so yeah there you go um it sounds like out of the two of these films well it, it depends on on what type of movies you like but it kind of yeah. sounds like colossal is probably the better quality choice to go with this weekend mm-hmm. yeah.
2: um
0: so yeah uh that's that's all we have for for this week i do want oh do you have something oh. else
2: well, I just we didn't talk about the box office. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about box office, just because of the Boss Baby was number one again really? last weekend, and it yes, it it's done now. Um, this is just from last weekend, so it's done more since then. It's done eighty nine and a half million dollars in two weeks.
0: Wow! All right,
2: that's good. That, and
1: that's beauty, just Beauty I'm, and the Beast has officially passed it did, one billion dollars today today they just announced
2: yep and it, it did uh four. it's done 430 almost 431 that's just from the last weekend uh it did twenty three, 6 on the weekend um and a bunch of new films just got killed like smurfs lost village um and uh, going in style um both did okay but they didn't do great at the box office
0: well, um we're about to to head into to May and uh the summer blockbuster season with uh Wonder Woman and Guardians of the Galaxy and um a bunch of films that I hope will be awesome. So and
2: then, and then Transformers.
0: Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: then. Yeah, and then there, and then there was Transformers.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I've seen 24 minutes of Transformers and oof, It's going to be rough, I <laughs> a think. A
0: rough ride. <laughs> um yeah. Well, I do want to remind people that next Thursday, uh, uh, I was about to say January 20th. April 20th <laughs> is, um, is our next project cosplay, which will be Guardians of the Galaxy themed at 9 p.m. at Joystick Game Bar on Edgewood. Um, come out. It should be fun as they always are. It'll be a mess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, we've got that coming up. It's, it's our, our mess. mess. It's a, a wonderful little fandom uh, family. Uh, so definitely come and check that out. And then, of course, next week um, we'll have our interview with Josh McDermott from The Walking Dead and um, some more cool stuff once I can start actually uh, getting back on some sort of schedule and planning. I didn't even look up the box office stuff today. I like completely forgot that that was like, a segment it's that okay. I do. Um, so thanks for and, picking and that up.
2: And we'll have a... Uh... Yeah, and also we'll, uh, we'll have a um, review of Free Fire, which I saw at South By, and I just a heads up, I enjoyed it so much that I'm seeing it again at the Atlanta screening.
0: Well, cool. Um, so we'll have that for, for next time, and um, until then, thank you guys for listening. Again, my name is Emma Loggins, editor-in-chief at FanBolt.com.
2: I'm Matt Rodriguez, the owner and chief editor of ShakeFire.com. And I'm Mike McKinney with LastOneToLeaveTheTheater.com and ATLCW.tv.
0: And we'll uh, see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to our 50th episode.